Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Reality of the Rose. I'm your host, Natalie Sprink. I wish that I could do these podcasts like at a normal time of night and not like at 10 and 11 o'clock at night because I feel like it would be much better quality. Plus, I would be able to get people to guest host with me that were willing to stay up uh, like until midnight, you know. Um, but it is hard. I, I, I just do this. This is a side note. I do this for fun only. Uh, I am one of probably 8 trillion bachelor podcasts. And when you have actually bachelor people doing all kinds of bachelor podcasts and established podcasts, it's extremely hard to compete, especially since it's very focused on one thing. It's not reality TV in general. It's not TV in general. It's not entertainment in general. I don't have that many guests. So it's pretty difficult to like gain a real following. So if you're a listener and you even kind of sort of like this podcast, it would be awesome if you would tell your friends to listen. And if you tell them to rate, because the way I get people to listen and the way the logarithm algorithm, I hate that word, uh, works. Um, well, no one knows how it works, but somehow it works by ratings. And obviously the more listeners, the better, but, but the more five-star ratings you get, the, um, somehow more your podcast gets put out there in this, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I just know if you get lots of five-star ratings and also some reviews, it really helps you a lot. So even though I'm just doing this strictly for fun, because it's not like I've got the world listening to me, uh, I still would love to build my listenership, if that's a word. And eventually I would like to have Game of Roses on my podcast. And I would settle for any member of Bachelor Nation, but um big fan of Bachelor, I mean, Game of Roses. And so shout out Game of Roses, uh, come be my first, uh, non-family member guests. <laughs> so I'm putting it out there, manifesting it. Right. And then Caitlin Briss would be nice too. That'd be a really good, really good guest, uh, for my podcast. So again, she's a big manifestation person. So shout out Caitlin Bristow. All right. So we have episode, what's the episode tonight? 18 of Bachelor in Paradise. And holy cow, after last week's um, Brendan and what's her name? Piper fiasco. And then the Chris and Alana fiasco. I was super curious to see how this would all play out. Uh, as I talked last week, <clears throat> It came to bite Brendan and Piper in the butt big time because they went on there to get more followers, as everyone does, but they came away with a lot less. I'm going to real quick see if I can search this, but according to Bachelor Data, which kudos to her for putting together all the data that it has to take forever um, to put together all the data there is in each show and put it on uh, Instagram post for us to benefit from. Um, but let's see. So as of last night's show, Oh, also, sorry. I, this is Wednesday. When you're listening to this, it will be Thursday morning. And I don't know how many listen and keep track of what day this podcast comes out, but it usually comes out on Wednesday morning. Well, I was, did not have a chance to watch it and record it last night. I could have, but I would have been up till about 2 a.m. And it was just not going to work. So watched it and I'm recording Wednesday night, putting it out Thursday morning. So if you're looking for it this morning, I'm sorry I failed to mention that. I failed to mention that on my Instagram, but that's the case. So I'll be sure and um, try to keep you more abreast. As it might be the same case next week. But either which way. So after Tuesday night's show... Brendan had, 
around, oh, 325, 325,000 followers-ish as of the beginning of Paradise. After last night's show, he was down almost 100,000 followers. Wow, that's unbelievable. He was down almost 100,000 followers. Almost 100,000 people stopped following him because of his antics. So, and he had increased about 20 during, during like the beginning of Bachelor in Paradise. But then after, after last week and then last night's show, he's gone down almost, not quite, 99.7 thousand followers. Piper did not suffer near as big a hit. She didn't have as many followers. She had just under 100,000 when she started and she gained a little bit, even like she was right. Whenever they talked on camera <laughs> with their mics on last week about how she would gain followers by not even being on the show. She was right. She did. And she lost oh, not only cause it's 10th. She lost 9.8 thousand followers. Um, which is still a lot percentage wise. That's still a lot. So whatever she's at now, uh, just she's below. She's probably about where she started, but Natasha was also under a hundred thousand. Probably. I don't, this is a graph, so it's hard to tell exactly what her followers were, but it was probably like 80,000 ish. And she is up to over 400,000 followers. She went up 359,000 thousand followers from last week's show through this week's show. That's phenomenal. That is unbelievable. That is sure never, ever even been close to being done on any of the bachelor bachelorettes or bachelor in paradises. That is unbelievable. So that takes us into, um, and go follow bachelor data. If you're interested in data like that, like she has, Oh, like screen time of this, of people and who had the most screen time. Um, she's got like, uh, Google search trends. She's got, uh, all kinds of interesting data, just data that she collects and posts in graph form. Um, is cool. Anyway, shout out to bachelor data. It's just bachelor data D eight, just how it sounds on Instagram. Okay. So let's jump into this week's episode. So they basically start out talking about how, um, there's like five girls sitting around and Demi's one of them talking about how this week, five people are not going to be getting a rose. Um, there's nine guys and 14 girls. So, um, they're starting to talk about already right away at the beginning about how Brendan, like Demi talks about it. And then of course, Natasha were the two main ones that were talking about how they're not sure how Chris got away with what he did um, last week and basically got like forced home by other players, especially Joe grocery store, Joe and how Brendan's just getting away with it and no one's really saying anything to him. Um, so it, I mean, they talk about this several times and, um, hang on. Um, okay. So they, they're talking about that. All right. Um, so, <laughs> wow. I'm starting this off. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So then they all start walking to his rose ceremony tonight. All the girls kind of walk up into the area where they have the row ceremony. The boys come and Titus Burgess makes his entrance. Um, it's about the 85th time he has mentioned his tight ass party that he had last week, which I, <clears throat> I don't, did he come up with that name? I don't, why, why does he like to say that phrase so much? Um, he had to call out his tight ass party last week and how much fun it was, which if you watched it, not sure how much fun it actually was, but he sure wants to make us believe and know the, how much fun it was. So he asks as if he doesn't know what happened with Alana and Chris. And I think it was Jacinia that explained it. So we got to get a, a recap of what happened. Um, so anyway, he wishes them sort of good luck with their little you know, like cocktail hour, part of the rose ceremony night. So then they start again talking about Brendan and Piper 
And she confirms like in an ITM, Demi says in an ITM that no one is calling out Brendan and that she actually thinks that what he did was way worse than what Chris did. She says it's an ITM, <clears throat> which um, for once I actually agree with Demi and she is actually talking sense and um, making legitimate points. So shout out Demi. Good job. Um, then they have Natasha and she's kind of talking to a group of people that includes Joe. It includes Marissa, includes Demi, it includes, um, Deandra. And they start kind of rehashing what happened with Brendan and Piper. Now, to be fair, I think that last week when we were seeing Brendan and Piper talking, they were, I mean, they were talking off camera, obviously, to themselves, right? And granted, Natasha had her conversations with them. But when they were having their own personal conversations about the Instagram growth and about, like, calling out Natasha and Brendan saying how annoying she was and how he was telling a producer or whoever it was that she didn't have any options anyway, um... I mean, he was a pretty much of a douchebag to her when they had their one-on-one -on -one conversation, but a lot of the conversation they had was between them. So we have to remember that at the time, all the other players on the show were not hearing this. So the fact that they were not hassling them quite as much as they were Chris and Alana kind of makes sense to me because they didn't really know what was going on. And the only source they would have at that point in time, because they're not watching this back on a screen at the time, is what Natasha tells them. So I don't know if Natasha just voluntarily, I think she was telling a few people here and there, but it does come out now. And I've, I felt like this was probably the case already last week is that Brendan, even in bachelor nation is very well liked as we will learn later in this episode too, but he is well liked and well known by a lot of people. I mean, he got extremely far on Tasha's season. Uh, he has been seen a lot on social media with other bachelor nature nation members. Um, so I feel, feel like because he is liked by everybody, he was a little bit given a pass. And also for what I just said, because he did not was, wasn't saying these things in front of everyone. Whereas Chris was like full on making out with Alana right in front of Jacenia. And he was like openly in front of the contestants, obviously as well as us, but that's what was, I think different is that a, he was doing it blatantly in front of all the other players as well. Plus no one freaking knew him. So they didn't like him. They didn't know him. They had no one had any history with him for the most part, at least not the people that were there at paradise. So anyway, they were cutting Brendan more of a break. <clears throat> so they actually start talking about this. And Natasha also starts being more clear about the, um, conflicting stories that they were both Piper and Brendan were both giving her as far as like how many times they had dated, how many times they saw each other, you know, how long they'd seen each other two months when the last time was they saw each other, all that stuff that was conflicting. She was actually verbalizing to all those other people. So led by Joe, once again, <laughs> Joe goes down the beach and he and the people I just mentioned go up to Brendan and Piper who are laying on this day bed and they confront them. And the confrontation was interesting because Brendan is like, which I guess is not a bad thing, but he is like the worst. He's the worst liar. And he's the worst at trying to explain his way out of a sticky situation. Now, Side note, Brendan, I'm terrible at that too, like terrible. But when you go on The Bachelor and you're going to try to pull something like this, maybe you need to practice a little more. So Joe basically lays it all out and tells Brendan, and Brendan does most of the talking. Piper doesn't say all that much, but Brendan right away gets defensive. But Joe lays it all out and says, this is why we're uncomfortable with it. This is why we don't think it's right. And... He says he tries to like 
because I mentioned about, you know, again, them saying conflicting things. And so he tries to explain it away by almost getting too detailed. Like he starts getting mucked up in the details that in my opinion, don't matter. Like, you know, she said they had probably seen each other 10 times. He said two, that was one of the big things. So the way he comes back with that is like, well, what I meant was, is like, me and Piper have probably like gone out to eat just the two of us two or three times. And then there was a bunch of times when a bunch of people from the bachelor would like hang out in groups. And so me and Piper would hang out in those scenarios a lot too. So probably that was a total of 10. Okay, Brendan. <laughs> okay. So, um, schematics there, honestly, like it, <laughs> Did, do you, did you think that after you had that explanation that they were all going to go, oh, well, see, I thought you meant you met on like 10 dinner dates. But since it actually was just like two or three dinner dates and the rest was in group, then forget it. You guys are cleared. That is okay. Like, you need to like chill and look at the big picture, Brendan, and try to <laughs> try to rationalize in a different way. But so he tries to explain that um, he kind of starts going at everyone. Like, I'm sorry that you guys wrote the book and that you guys wrote all the rules for this, but I didn't know there were so many rules for this and that there was a certain way to play this game. Um, yeah, there, there is. Uh, you are not supposed to announce to everyone that you're there for the followers with a mic on and the camera on you. You're not supposed to, uh, to grade the girl that you used, uh, to stay on paradise, to wait for Piper that y'all admitted to on camera on mic, and now are trying to deny. Um, so there, there are a few rules and as Wells later points out, there actually is probably really only one rule. And that is don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend when you come on the show. So good point Wells, because, no matter if it's been done or not, I know it's been done a bunch, probably where people are after the clout and they come on with a boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm, there are many instances that you could name, um, but you don't make it known and you don't make it known on mic on TV. That's the rule, because even though us viewers are not completely naive, we like to feel like there's a little bit of this fantasy world and that these people are really here for a reason, even if we in the back of our minds know that they a lot of them are on. For the followers, we still know that maybe on the side, they kind of would like to find love, you know? So there are a few rules there, Brendan, and I don't think everyone else made them. I think they're just there. Um, but he gets real defensive. Um, Demi asked a good question again. She asked, how come? Because they said, so then Piper chimed in and tried to say that they basically just wanted to explore, explore each other on Paradise. She admitted upfront Piper that yes, she did just come for Brendan. And so again, I feel like Piper needs, she needs some help in knowing when to verbalize what, because that's another rule. You don't just admit that you come to pipe to Piper to paradise only for one person. You have to at least fake it a little bit. You have to at least like, look like you're pursuing uh, other people, you have to at least be a little bit open to the idea. Otherwise, honestly, what is the point of coming to paradise? Uh, if you actually are in a relationship, I mean, again, I know they're all here for the followers and for some clout, but I mean, you have to be a little bit open to the process. So Demi says, why couldn't you, they both basically admitted that they wanted to come on the show to pursue each other a little bit more than they had. And they felt like given this scenario, because it's like this vacation where you get to spend 24 seven together, that they thought it'd be a good place to explore each other and their relationship. Again, a dumb thing to say, because that is not the point of the show. The point of the show is to supposedly meet new people and try to find something you're someone you're interested in and date around and wait for new people to come on. It's what everyone else is honestly doing for the most part. Um, and then Natasha has the best point of all, 
which she said, you know, irregardless of all that, you did it at my expense and you didn't basically take my feelings into account whatsoever. And you totally used me, which is true. That part is shitty. And that part is also how come she gained 300,000 some followers. Um, at this point, what they should have done too is then apologize to Natasha flat out right then. Like say, you're right. We did this. That was wrong. It was, <clears throat> it was selfish. It was the wrong thing to do. But again, Brendan kind of throws at her again. I don't forget how he says it, but he kind of says it again. Like basically that she, you know, didn't have, have any options anyway. And it's just a complete dick about it. He is, I just can't believe this is, the Brendan I used to like. Um, they say you need to be open to this process and not just waiting for someone, a specific person to come. Uh, Brendan says he's going to remove himself from this, from this. I'm, I'm going to, you guys can keep going on and on, but I'm removing myself. And uh, um, Marissa has a good point. She goes, so do you mean you're removing yourself from paradise or you're just removing yourself from this situation? And he says something just rude again, like that is none of your business. <laughs> and she had this look on her face, like, is it, is it not actually, isn't it kind of all our business? So he and Piper go and, uh, lay on a day bed again by themselves and start talking. In the meantime, Brendan is rude again in an EITM, um, about, Natasha, he's rude about Natasha. And he says something about that. This whole thing is like a pathetic attempt at intimidation. Um, okay. Who's being pathetic here? Um, he tells Piper again, that he tells Piper again, that Natasha didn't have any options. This is again, like the secret conversation they're supposedly having as they're mic'd up. And Piper says, <laughs> Something like, again, does she not know when to shut her mouth? Like, you have to know when to not say things, Piper. I wish, honestly, I I know that I know that Brendan was the douchebag, and he was the he was the one that really uh, was completely rude and demeaning to Natasha, and he sh deserves to lose all the followers. But I actually wish that Piper would have lost more followers than she had. I was quicker, honestly, to unfollow Piper than I was Brendan. Um, I just think she is clueless, like clueless how this whole process is supposed to work. Clueless about what you're supposed to say and not say clueless as how you're supposed to play the game and get anywhere. And especially if you're after what you were after, which is more followers. So she makes some comment about how she likes the idea of making more money, but that she has such and such degree, whatever she said, some kind of marketing degree, and that she could have figured out on her own how to get more followers. And I was like, stop, just stop saying it out loud. I, <laughs> who are you? Do you, I feel like she's 12. I, so she says that out loud to Brendan. Um, then she like kind of hits them. They were laying down. She kind of hits him in the chest and she says, I told you I didn't want to come. I told you, which I'm so curious what that actually means because just in that private quote unquote conversation last week, she was, they were joking about how, you know, oh, I'm going to get so many followers before I even come on the show and imagine how many we're going to get. So curious what that means. He didn't, he didn't, or they didn't show, they didn't show a response if he had one. Um, so then they have Wells and some other girls at the bar talking about whether they'll go home or not. So they feel like maybe they made their point and they're hoping that they just voluntarily go home. Uh, this is when Wells jokes about the, probably only being one rule and that's not to have a girlfriend or boyfriend on the show. When you come on the show, um, then you see Brendan and Piper coming, they confront everyone. They basically say, um, I, he says, she doesn't say anything. He basically says, I, I know who I want to be with. I know who I want to pursue. And this is just, isn't the place for us anymore. And so we'll see you later. And they head to their suburban and they get in. Um, Brendan says something to the effect of that. He didn't mean to deceive anyone. He just withheld some information. Okay. Okay. Brendan. 
So they leave. They leave. And that was about it. Um, as far as them leaving, that was the end of that. When they came back for that, it was the, then it went to commercial break. When they came back from commercial, um, they talked a little bit about it. They talked about how people weren't caring that they were glad that they left. They didn't miss them. It seemed like the drama was gone, which it was well, 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 tongue in cheek there. And I want that complete drama gone. But so that part ends that part, at least to my knowledge is over with. They're out of paradise. Um, when they came back to the segment three, everyone's basically trying to, um, that's still like the cocktail hour of the rose ceremony, mind you. So we got people working at trying to get their rose because the men have the rose. So the girls are all trying to like work on the guys to try and get the roses. Most of them are taken already, but there's a few that are up for grabs. Um, they have this little, really this whole segment was mostly taken up, uh, taken up by Marissa and, uh, Riley and was basically like a little bit of paradise soft porn. If we're being honest, um, they played this little game with whipped cream where they had to draw a piece of paper out of the bowl, whatever body part was on the piece of paper. They, uh, put whipped cream on and licked it off. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't not show a lot. It was, uh, yeah, like I said, a little bit of soft porn there. Um, ends with uh them going up to the boom boom room and um that was segment three so segment four starts and it's basically marissa and riley coming out of the boom boom room and they're giggling and still in their itms like doing whipped cream stuff to each other and um honestly seem pretty drunk like pretty drunk if you ask me she's laughing a lot course i mean you know where they just were but you know still um so then thomas and tammy talk and so if you'll remember thomas and becca went on a date on the last week's episode on last week's episode and thomas had a pretty good time so tammy pulls him aside and is telling him in so many words that she likes him and that she doesn't even really want to know what happened on the date and that he's her best friend, her, your best friend. I feel like that's a little excessive to say he's your best friend and being a little pushy and being a little like guilt trippy. Uh, the guilt trip doesn't work. He, uh, <laughs> he like appreciates that she was honest with him, but he tells her, you know, I know you said you don't want to hear about the date, but I feel like I need to tell you about the date. He said, I um, have feelings for Becca and I felt feelings for Becca last night at our date and I still do. And I don't want to lie to you about it. I just want to be upfront with you. So got to give Thomas credit here. Um, they talk some more and more. And it basically is them. I said, basically, again, it's them going back and forth, her trying her hardest to beg him to stay with her and him saying, look, I just am not thinking it's really there. He says he, he, they keep talking about other situations, other in, in, in the other scenario. He, instead of just saying with Becca, he tries not to say her name, I guess, maybe to make Tammy feel better. I don't know, but he tells her he feels more stable with Becca. Um, and Tammy's starting to sound a little desperate and asking what, like, what can I do? What can I do? It's got to be something I can do. And I trusted you and I put all my trust in you. And she's starting to cry and she's crying really, really hard in her ITMs and just bawling in her ITMs and just, just going on and on. I feel honestly like some of it is a, is a bit of acting. I feel like a bit of the tears is somewhat forced. I mean, she's crying, but it seems a little harder than necessary considering that you probably actually only were having any kind of connection with Thomas for more than a few days. I like calm down, honey. Um, but he isn't really letting up and he's not like falling for the guilt trip or the tears. And I trusted you. I'm crying. She's crying. I can't believe I feel so stupid. Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, he, I don't know. He just says, you know, I'm sorry. And I just, my feelings are elsewhere. This is paradise. 
Um, so then she goes, oh, so, so ironically, it's her birthday. And she does not let us forget that. And she's crying and she says, this is like the worst birthday ever. She said, last year on my birthday, I had COVID. And this was like way worse than that. That's what she says in her ITM. Oh, you are, oh, Tammy, I am so sorry. Yeah, thank God. That ends that segment. Not a big Tammy fan. So segment five and it's the actual rose ceremony. So we finally get the rose ceremony and thought it was very sweet. So Wells comes out, runs the rose ceremony, kind of like he has all the other ones. And he says, you know, that some stuff went down this week and that one of the players that their experience on paradise was very negatively affected. And she was not given a chance to get to know people because of the actions of this other person. Obviously we're talking about Brendan and Natasha. So he calls old uh, Paul, excuse me, Polly. Polly is like a, whatever he is. I don't think he's a producer, but he's like, it's like a, a guy, like a, like a guy in the crew that's been in the crew forever. And, uh, he comes and like gets their luggage when someone leaves. He does stuff like that. So Wells calls Polly in and they basically give Natasha a bonus rose, which I think is kind of super sweet. And they give her a separate extra rose just so that she has more time on paradise so that she wasn't screwed over by this douchebag Brendan. So everyone is like hugging her and she's crying and it's pretty sweet. Anyway, so now we just have four going home. The, the, the couples that are expected, I'm, I will skip them, but Ivan gives Kendall a rose. No one knew for sure who's his was going to. James gave it to Tia. Thomas gave it to Becca, not Tammy. And Aaron gave his to Chelsea. So the people, the girls that went home were Demi, Jasenia, Deandra, and Tammy. Uh, pretty much Deandra and Jasenia go home with you know, pretty classy and saying their goodbyes. Tammy completely loses it, bawling her eyes out. Worst birthday ever. And then of course, Demi is a terrible loser. Like always. And I, when I say a terrible loser, I'm not calling her a loser. I'm saying that she doesn't like to lose and that she just gets desperate when she's not getting her way. And so she's just kind of she lost it a little bit, not as bad as she had, but in the, she just couldn't understand how can Demi of all people get sent home. Finally, to end this segment, we get our new host who is finally Lil John. Finally, he's like been the, the precipice of what we've been waiting for of all these hosts. And he finally enters. So that was the end of segment five, get to segment six and and Natasha is talking about how she can't wait for someone new to walk in. <clears throat> she wants to have a real chance with someone else. I feel like she doesn't at this point see herself with anybody that's currently there. So we get the next player to walk in who is Blake. Blake, who you say? Blake, I have no freaking idea, I say. Uh, apparently this Blake was on Claire season. Do not remember him. Pretty sure he was a night one or night two, or they don't even talk about that. But he is not a bad, good looking guy. And he seems pretty cool. Like he seems pretty nice and like good personality. So they show him pulling Tia. And they also show him pulling Natasha. And I don't know. He just seems witty. Seems like he's easy to talk to. Seems like a good guy. So he asks Tia on the date, not Natasha, but Tia. So <clears throat> that was that segment. We go to segment seven. And so you, as you remember, if you will, and if you do that, James gave Tia his rose. Now I'll be honest, you know, James has been on the show. I think most of the show, I was he a night one. I think he was, but I'm sorry, James. I, I don't mind you. I think that you are a good guy and you seem pretty cool, but like your storylines don't stand out to me. And I know that he has had to be with other girls on this bachelor in paradise, but for the life of me, I cannot remember who they are, but I 
I'm really trying and I can't remember, but it has to be because that was kind of the whole shtick on this segment is how James is like, oh my God, like everyone's like, poor James, he can't cut a break as soon as he finds a girl and gets a rose and someone else comes and steals her away. And so apparently it's happened before, but she gets stolen again. It's Tia. And so they show him kind of venting and boohooing and kind of feeling sorry for himself because, you know, he keeps like joking about, I might as well just pack my bag now. Um, <clears throat> then we show Tia and Blake. We see Tia and Blake on their date. They're walking down some dirt road in the middle of this jungle. And, and of course, who drives up? Little John in like a UTV dune buggy thing. Because of course, little John comes driving up in that. And uh, he's tells them that this is their date and um, gives them their helmets. And then I'm not sure where he goes because they're in the middle of a jungle and he just is like, have fun on your date and walks away, I, I guess. And I guess he just has to walk back to paradise. I he just I poor little John, poor little John. They just leave him stranded in the jungle. So. Uh, Tia. Yes. Tia and Blake go on their date. They ride around this UTV. She screams quite a bit. Um, then they have their little date portion where, you know, they're sitting at this little bench with food and booze and, um, they are talking about how they feel like they've known each other for a while. They have a pretty decent conversation. They compliment each other a lot. They feel like they're really connecting kind of your same old, same old jargon. And uh, next they show them taking an outdoor shower together, overlooking this super beautiful scenery over the ocean. And <clears throat> as Tia does, she doesn't mince words really. And uh, they are there. They show them making out under that shower. And uh, Tia tells us that uh, if it doesn't make your vagina dance, then it's not worth it. And then she proceeds to tell us how her vagina is dancing as they're kissing. So, so, uh, yeah, Tia's getting descriptive for us. Um, they go back to, then they, they, they take us back to the, uh, beach and they show everybody like, like they show, I, they had to set this up. No one does this. Do they, they show Marissa and Riley doing the little, you know, from like the lady in the tramp movie where the two dogs take the piece of spaghetti and they eat it from both ends until they kiss, you know, that's where that got started. So they do that. <clears throat> Marissa and Riley do that with the one piece of spaghetti. So it's, it's a little bit cringy. Um, <coughs> excuse me. They show a bunch of other couples together and then they basically show James watching all these other couples, you know, do their thing and kiss and, he feels sorry for himself and he's right too, because Tia is definitely, definitely into uh, Mr. Blake who makes her vagina dance. Um, then they kind of show Kenny and Mari a little bit. They talk about how their connection's growing. They show them getting closer. And then they end the segment by Kenny and Mari going to the boom, boom room. Segment eight starts and we have another new person enter paradise and I'm going to take a drink of water. Hope that wasn't annoyingly loud on the microphone. The new person is Dr. Joe. Do you remember Dr. Joe? He was on both Claire and Tasha season. He was seemed like a super good dude. He seemed a little happy and a little, um, little cringy. But he, I feel like, became, I feel like he got the short end of the stick on the show. Um, he made it decently far, but he didn't get a lot of airtime. But he did make a, like a lot of blooper segments. And you could definitely tell that he was well-liked on the show, like by all the other guys, which usually says a lot. And he made it more big for himself after, like post-Bachelorette via social media. He's a doctor, he's an anesthesiologist. And this was right, you know, during, well, I know we're still in the midst of COVID, but this was like in the midst of COVID when the vaccine was first, the first vaccine first came out and he showed himself a lot in his stories and on social media, um, about his experience in the hospitals with COVID patients. And he was a big promoter of the vaccine. And you saw him out a lot with bachelor people and just seemed like a well-liked guy. 
So anyway, this is Joe, just to give you background on him. But he comes in and, of course, as a date card, as they always do, they show him pulling Natasha aside and talking to her. Now, I'm not sure if he talked to anyone else. A lot of other people are coupled up. But like as far as like the sunrise goes, when he pulled Natasha to talk to her, it was bright, sunny skies, middle of the day. By the time he like, I guess, decides who he's going to pick, it definitely looks like it's towards evening. So I don't know if he actually pulled all the other girls or what, but they only showed him pulling Natasha, talking to her. We obviously know where this is going. Literally everyone else on the beach is like, oh my God, I hope Natasha gets this date. Joe would be such a great guy for her. If they didn't say that one time, they said it at least 25. That's not 52. And part of me while I was watching this, you know, I was thinking either they're really trying hard to make them a couple and they're really wanting us as viewers to like really root for them as a couple and make us believe it, even if they don't have real chemistry, which is initially what I thought. But the other side thought was they are saying this so much like, all the other players are, you know, like, oh, I, this would be so great for Natasha. Joe is such a good guy. They would be such a good match. Blah, 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 blah. Or I was thinking that they're doing this and then something's going to go wrong. Okay. So wasn't sure which way it would go, but it had to be one or the other because they were very much making a big deal about it. So if she, he, of course, asks Natasha to go on the date, um, they cut to segment nine then and they show them actually on the date with the freaking most ginormous glasses of margaritas that I have ever seen in my life. I'm kind of surprised they could hold it without dropping it. The thing was freaking huge, but good for them. Um, so, you know, I, at this point is when I was going, eh, I feel like something's going to happen here. And because I just absolutely did not feel any chemistry. I don't know. Like Joe seems like a super, super nice guy, but he just on TV comes across as just a bit cringy. Like, like I want to like him. I really do. But then his actions just made me go, uh, you know, so that's what I was, that's what was happening to me. Um, but as you still have the people on the beach, it's like rooting, rooting, rooting for him. Um, then and I guess I did know this when I thought back from, again, this so how he became bigger after social media. But ironically, and of course, um, we the, the people back on the beach start talking about, oh, I wonder if Natasha's going to bring up what happened like with her experience here. Um, because turns out that Brendan and Joe were like really, really, really good friends, like super close. And I guess Natasha knew that. And I don't know. I feel like, again, I feel like this was a situation that was pretty producer set up and a little bit producer influenced as far as like, or just editing, just an editing where maybe people here and there were talking about rooting for them and hoping it worked and they just edited it all together. But this was very much felt very set up in whatever way. Um, but <clears throat> they were getting along fine. And then he starts saying, like, why are you still here and without someone? I just think that you're, you know, such a great person and that I can't believe you're not paired up with someone. Oh, well, you see where this is going. So at first she says, I know that you and Brendan are friends and I don't really want to go into a lot of depth about it, but she definitely goes into depth enough and, and explained the basics of what happened and didn't really mince her words too much. I mean, she didn't just bad mouth them all over the place, but, but she told them that Brendan was a run that ruined, um, that ruined her experience. And she asked if he knew that Piper and, and Brendan were dating. And Joe said, well, I, I didn't know that they were really, I don't know they were dating, but they knew they had seen each other several times. And, you know, she, she says Brendan ruined it for her. And immediately you could tell that his mood changed and shifted again, whether it was editing or, or however it happened, but, sh but he definitely shifted his whole demeanor shifted and he kept saying, Brendan, 
you know, I don't know if he expected her to go, oh, I, I didn't mean Brendan. I meant Joe. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> when he kept like questioning her, like, are you sure it was Brendan? Yeah, pretty sure it was Brendan. Pretty sure it was Brendan. Um, but you, you could tell he like immediately was like super awkward. And prior to this, he was like, seemed hopeful that they were getting along well, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then all of a sudden he started talking about how, well, you know, like, let's just see how, how it all plays out. We'll just let it ride. And we'll just kind of let, we'll kind of just see where things go and how things play out. I mean, it was like immediate and you could tell Natasha right away. was like, okay, definitely has checked himself out. And then he again would say, are you sure it was Brendan? Like joking now, but he was like, man, I just can't, I, I feel terrible for you, but you know, Brendan is like my, my brother, my best friend. And I just, I, this is really hard for me to hear. And it just took a weird, weird, awkward, awkward turn. And they leave the, he's like, want to go home? Want to go ahead and go back to the beach? <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here. And as they leave, she kind of even rolls her eyes at the camera a little bit and was like, okay. And that was that. So Poor Natasha, she can't catch a break. Although on the previews, they show a couple other new guys coming next week that looks like could be potential for her. But it seems to me that maybe her and Joe will have checked out of all this stuff, Doc, this Dr. Joe. And I'm thinking that, um, yeah, that was just a long segment that ended up going absolutely nowhere. So that was that. Um, oh yeah. So then we get to segment nine. I mean, segment 10, uh, here we're pretty much focused on Serena, Joe and Kendall. Um, they start out with Serena and Joe together talking, being cute together. They are pretty freaking cute together. I will say that, but she's like in her ITMs is acting super giddy and laughing and giggling. And <coughs> she is, excuse me. She is just can't say enough good about Joe. And then even says her ITM that she's hesitant to say the L word yet, but she's really kind of feeling it. Um, then they show Kendall and she's talking to, I forget who, but someone ITMing and talking to someone about how <clears throat> she's just kind of a little still hung up on him. It's still kind of difficult for her to see him there with someone else. She's kind of still a little bit connecting with Ivan, but that gets real awkward again later. Um, they, then they cut to the nighttime and Joe has set up this cute little date night with Serena with this blanket and rose petals and whatever. And they lay down on this blanket for a while and talked and were cute. And in the meantime, within, of course, I shot, um, is Kendall and Ivan and like Abigail and I don't know, a few other people. And she's like, of course, sitting to where her direct <clears throat> eye contact is with the two of them on the blanket. Like move to the other side of the freaking fire or go sit up by the pool. Like why? Anyway, again, I feel like this is very producer enhanced. Um, but they go cut back to the blanket and they actually show Joe. Serena finally gets up the nerve and she tells Joe that she thinks she's falling in love with him. And he immediately returns the LL3. This would be an LL3 Game of Roses. Um that they're falling in love with each other. So he tells her too. And so they are so giddy and they kiss. Now, this is a very unimportant detail, but a detail that I can't, I don't get really. Cause in real life, you wouldn't do this. So they're laying on this blanket with a bunch of pillows. Seems super comfy. Sorry. I can take another drink. And they stand up and I thought they were just going to like stand up. And then maybe talk for like a minute or kiss and then like walk somewhere, but they don't, they just stand up and they stay standing up. They just stay standing up. It seems very awkward and weird. I feel like it again, it was for the benefit of Kendall. So not, not intentionally, but I feel like the producer said, okay, now stand up. So Kendall starts, like someone asks her about how she's doing with Joe there. And she's like, you know, it's hard. I mean, it's hard seeing him like falling in love with someone with is where we fell in love. And She's not really hiding that it's hard for her, but she keeps watching him, keeps watching him, gets tears in her eyes. Then Ivan, <laughs> poor 
for Ivan. Ivan like leans over to her to like try and maybe give her a kiss or a hug. I'm not exactly sure what he was going to do, which again, probably read the situation, Ivan. I mean, it's going to be a little awkward and forced if, if she's sitting there staring at them kissing and then she starts kissing you like, no, but, and she just tells him, she's like, no, I, this is just not the time. I'm not like, no, <laughs> she just turned him down flat. She said this showing PDA right now is not what I'm feeling. Not whatsoever. It would be too far. Sorry, but it just, I can't. And he's like, okay, okay. All right. And then she just like gets up and walks away again. We still got Kendall and Joe standing, kissing, standing, talking, standing, kissing, not moving, not walking. Um, so yeah, that, that's about it. So Kendall walks off and that was the end of the show. And then they show previews. Like I said, they show a couple, a couple more guys coming. Um, they have little John saying that he's really going to turn things upside down or something to that effect. They show several couples saying they're falling in love with each other. So I can't remember. I think there's only two shows left. Maybe not a hundred percent sure, but I think that might be right. Two or three at the most. Um, because Michelle's season, I believe starts around the ninth. No, that's a Saturday. I think, uh, I'll have to look, but her show starts in a few weeks. And so anyway, that is the end of the show. Next week is also a Tuesday night show. Only one night. Again, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to record Tuesday night, but if not, then I will definitely be doing this again, recording Wednesday night and releasing Thursday. So I appreciate y'all tuning in. This was a little shorter um, podcast because it was only one show. It was two hours instead of four. But as always, I want to end the podcast with a Bible verse. This one is Psalm 18, verse 32. It reads, God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect. So I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. I encourage you again to have anyone that you think likes The Bachelor even a little bit, tune into my podcast. Um, go to my Instagram, give me any suggestions or things you like, things you don't like. We'll welcome them all. And, um, again, thanks for tuning in. It means a lot to me and I will talk to you next week. Bye.